Hello, boys and girls of all ages and sizes. This is your hearty and humble host of horror, the horror heathen from the horror heathen YouTube channel and the South Jersey Horror Podcast. Today, I have a very special and honorary guest. He is the star in one of my favorite all-time movies from the 1980s, Mr. Grant Kramer, who starred in the movie Killer Clowns from Outer Space. And I just absolutely love that movie. I still watch it to this day. The song gets stuck in my head every once in a while because it's just a catchy tune. <laughs> so, um, so in your first feature film, well, the, the the role you know, your first feature film role was in 1980, and you starred in the horror film New Year's Evil. Um, yep. Your first significant role came in the 1984 cult comedy film Hard Bodies, in which you played Scotty Palmer. Your other boot film was a 1988 cult classic, Killer Clowns from Outer Space, and other film roles include appearances in Mach 2 and Follow the Prophet. I'm going to have to check those movies out. I, I read your bio, and I'm like, there's no way he's he, he's been in all these movies, these TV shows, but you were. I'm like, really? I, now I have to go back and watch him because cause, <laughs> cause apparently you're in um, some television series as well, like television movies. Sure. Uh, yeah. Des- Desperate Lives as a teenage drug user. You started in a soap opera, The Young and Restless. Yeah, I was on that for a couple of years. I, I think that a lot of people started out in soap operas. <laughs> so Yeah, I think a lot of people did. You know, it's a great way to, uh, you know, kind of work on your craft because you got to show up. you got to learn your lines every single day and show up. And, you know what I mean? It's a good kind of workshop and way to if- get a lot of experience. And I don't know if you if you've ever watched the TV um the, the TV show, show on Netflix Supernatural, but um the guy who plays Dean, um I can't remember Jensen Ackles, he started on General Hospital, and when he first started acting, I was like, no way, sweet, that's awesome. Yeah, I did a little. But actually, my first soap opera thing was um you know back when John Stamos was like the big rage on General Hospital as Blackie. I was like his, uh, he was rushing a fraternity and I was, I did like five episodes um, as, uh, you know, his, that's like the fraternity head or something like that. It's been a long time. I don't remember exactly, but uh, that was fun. That was my first kind of soap opera experience ever. After that, you, you turned into, you turned to your attention to writing, producing and directing, uh, performing all three duties on a short film, Say Goodnight, Michael. The film won numerous awards, including the Grand Jury Award at the New York Independent Film and Video Festival. Congratulations. That's a major achievement. Thank you. That's a great achievement. You created and uh, and you executive produced the VH1 series Old School, which I used to watch, by the way. <laughs> so, and with Terry and Gita, which aired in over 40 countries internationally, which is another great feat because... I heard it's very hard to have television shows aired internationally from the United States. Thank you. Um, and now you are the president of Landafar Entertainment, or is that is that accurate? Yes. Okay. Landafar Entertainment, which is just my uh, my production company. Okay. And it's also an independent film finance and production company. Films that have executive produced include Lone Survivor. And so it goes, November Man and How to Make Love Like an Englishman, which has a really saucy title to it. 
<laughs> yeah, that was the, um, you, I don't know, uh, you can't see it, but the actual poster is on the wall behind me. And they changed the name to Some Kind of Beautiful, which I thought was uh, kind of a very generic title. I thought How to Make Love Like an Englishman was a lot like, what the hell is that? I thought it was much more interesting, but, you know, <laughs> Some Kind of Beautiful just seemed like a very innocuous, generic title. Well, it got the attention. It was called when we made it. Was how to make love like an Englishman. Well, it definitely caught the attention of somebody because they stuck with it. So, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, as we discussed, Killer Clowns, and like I said, that movie is still one of my favorites of all time. Matter of fact, I watched it two days ago just because <laughs> it, it was so fantastically done for the eighties era. It's like the the special effects and the makeup were just phenomenal and the acting you, you can tell that you tried really hard to play your character's role <laughs> so, but you did it so well <laughs> thank you thank you it was so great so i think you got to kind of go all in on things like that you know what i mean you can't <laughs> uh you can't you can't have 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 to it if I was on a movie with killer clowns, I think I'd just be laughing way too much. There's no way I could be too serious on sets. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, that's what kind of sells it is uh, when you're doing things that are it's com- that are completely, um, you know, I mean, just completely kind of in- crazy and insane. You've got to uh, you've got to sell it by investing in it like it's the most real thing in the world, like almost like hyper reality in a way. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, it, it's considered a cult classic by um, the the horror community, and it's still a cherished Trevor treasure. And it's thank you. Yeah, it's it's great. So, what was it like working on set with actors dressed as clowns? <laughs> I have to know. <laughs> you know, I mean, there's there's two parts. I mean, one part was your act. You know, you're an actor, and, and you're trying to get ready for your scene and do what you have to do. And the other part is was just kind of like almost being kind of like a fanboy seeing all of these cool costumes and animatronics. Cause um, I had never been involved in something, you know, like that at, at that point in my life. So, you know, we, we were, you know, over there poking and squeezing the noses and, and uh, seeing how everything worked and just, you know, thinking it was pretty cool and crazy. And um, so, you know, so, uh, it was fun, you know what I mean? Like it was fun just doing something that was so completely and totally off the wall. It worked. <laughs> yep. I'm not too sure if this movie was um um I'm like a box office hit when it first came out of theaters. I didn't really check. No, it wasn't. It. Uh, I mean, funny thing was is like you mentioned, Hard Bodies. Like Hard Bodies was kind of a cult movie before killer clowns do you know what I mean and uh um and then it was almost like the tortoise and the hare hard bodies kind of came shooting out and became this kind of you know like you know 80s TNA beach you know comedy that, that kind of caught on and became uh became kind of a cult movie and then killer clowns just like was the tortoise that just kept on slowly <laughs> <laughs> creeping up and and you know now especially with uh with all of the merchandising, you know, the cool costumes and toys and, 
And um, I think, and uh, you know, I don't know if you know John Masari, the the composer, who's a pretty awesome dude. And they released his. You were mentioning the song they released. Did you see? Have you seen the vinyl soundtrack that they released this last year? No, I have not. They released the entire soundtrack on vinyl, and it's uh, it's like absolutely gorgeous. Um, so uh, and then they have a they, they the video game either just came out or is about to come out. Um, and then, of course, horror conventions have given it kind of a big boost, too. So um, in a lot of ways, it's crazy. It's uh, it's probably more, more has more fans and is more popular now than it ever was. You know what I mean? All this time later. Yeah, my brother and I, we both grew up watching this movie. <clears throat> and when he saw the, um, uh, the post I did on Facebook, because I'm interviewing you, I have one of your pictures up there. He's like, oh my god, he hasn't changed since the movie. <laughs> well, he funny. looks, he looks the same. <laughs> We're a little older. Um, it's funny. There's a director that I'm working with on uh, a movie I'm producing, and um, you know, we never really talked about Killer Clowns because we're talking about his movie and other things like that. And he texted me yesterday, and he said, "Are you?" You were in Killer Clowns of Mattered Biz. I was like, yeah, he goes, my son just came in and and uh, saw that I was talking to you and freaked out. <laughs> like, that's like his favorite movie. And uh, I just think it's really fun because, too, it's 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 like when I go to the conventions and stuff, sometimes people are coming in and there's already like three generations of Killer Clowns fans. You know what I mean? People have turned it on to their kids. The original people that, you know, that really dug it turned it on to their kids. And then they, those kids are even having kids now and there'll be little kids that are, you know, eight years old coming dressed up like Shorty and stuff like that, being big, big color clowns fans. I have a seven-year-old who hasn't even watched it yet, but he brings stuff home from school for me to autograph. That's awesome. And uh, from, from friends of his that, my son's kind of a scaredy cat. You know, he's, he, he's, uh, I'm like, you want to, aren't you ready to watch Killer Clowns? He's like, not yet, daddy, not yet. <laughs> but a lot of his friends have. This past Halloween, social media blew up with Killer Clowns. Everyone was buying the costumes, the little ray guns that spin, those spinning things with the ray guns that turn you into cotton candy. It was a huge smash hit this past Halloween. I'm like, what is going on? It's like a killer clown craze going on this past Halloween. You know, yeah, we went into uh, we went into Spirit of Halloween to buy. <clears throat> you know, Spirit of Halloween. Do you have those stores out there? Oh yeah, that's my that's my place to go during the Halloween season. <laughs> that's my home away from home. <laughs> yeah, so we went in there to get get my son, uh, you know, his costumes and stuff like that. And he has little YouTube channels, so we were shooting the video of him picking out the costumes and he's like daddy come over here and it was the whole section was nothing but killer clowns from outer space you know with the with the life you know the shorty animatronics and the whole deal and all the masks and the ray guns and it was like <laughs> it was wild it was a whole a whole little aisle that was dedicated to it yeah for some reason this year 2022 was like the revisitation of 1980s horror comedy horror and just all the subgenres of 80s and you know, I think, just... I think the universal, you know, the, the universal horror nights too, that's kind of um, for killer clowns and some other movies that's kind of really generated because they've got these, they've got these great every year. They have these great, um, have you been there yet? Uh, universal horror nights? Either? No, that's on my bucket list. 
Oh, it's pretty cool. Um, I mean, the Killer Clowns thing, <clears throat> I went to the, I wasn't able to go this last year. I forget why I was out of town or something like that. Um, but uh, the, a couple of years, right before the pandemic, um, they had the initial opening of the the, uh, the Killer Clowns, you know, kind of ride thing you go to. It's not a ride, but, you know, you walk through, it's a whole kind of haunted right, house. Right, like attractions kind of thing, yeah. Yeah, but it's super cool. I mean, I was blown away at how well how, how well they did it. I mean, it was just awesome. So I think those things too kind of give it a you know, give that and other '80s horror movies some really cool um, new fans and resurgences. You know what I mean? You go through that, and then you come, if you either you go through it because you've seen the movie, or you're coming out of it, and you go, I better go see this, right? Absolutely. I'm trying to introduce my my son to it, but um. He's born into the the new age horror, and like this is not where horror stemmed from. You have got to watch the eighty stuff. So <laughs> and he's like Hellraiser. Oh, have you seen the? He's like, Dad, have you seen the new Hellraiser twenty twenty two? I was like, Yeah, of course I've seen it. I had the opportunity to interview um, um, opportunity to interview two of the actors for the new Hellraiser movie, and and my son's like, Well, I haven't seen the old ones. I'm like, You need to come to my house. We're gonna have a whole marathon. He's never seen the the original Hellraiser. Oh my god. I saw it in the theater when it first came out. <laughs> what, they, what, what what's the name of the the, the badass dude in that uh, like pin cushion or something? <laughs> Pinhead, but yeah, <laughs> right, Pinhead. <laughs> but yeah, he's like, I never seen the old ones. Like, well, when I get to watch this date, we're having a marathon. <laughs> so you know who That's Pinhead so- is in the Cenobites. Anyway, I digress. Um, I have to know. When you first got the script to Killer Clowns, what was your initial thought? What was going through your head? Um, you know, it, it, like I said, I'd never seen a script like that before. Um, you know, I mean, most of the things I saw were kind of dramas and funny little comedies and, and uh, you know, action type movies and stuff like that. And all of a sudden I'm reading the script and I'm going, what? You know what I mean? <laughs> It was just so completely off the wall. Um, but my agent, you know, kind of said, hey, you know, these guys, they just did Critters and Large Marge. And this is nuts. They've got, you know, this is their movie to, to direct. And I think it could be really, really cool. And, um, you know, it was funny. I had a, I had a good friend who was like a f- friend of the family that, you um, had just offered me the lead in, you know, kind of one of these 80s style, uh, you know, almost like, you remember those like American Ninja type of movies? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of like these low budget, you know, kind of. Those are the best ones. The precursor to the Jason Statham movies now, right? And he was, he'd written it and got the money, was going to direct it. And, and, uh, but he got the money. They were making a lot of movies at that time down in South Africa because, um, this was back when South Africa was an apartheid state. And they, I guess that was one of the ways they were trying to get money out of South Africa because uh, of all the sanctions and things like that. So, um, you know, he was putting a lot of pressure on me to do that one. And uh, I, just, I just didn't really want to do it because of the whole, you know, this is the whole social conscience thing of going to South Africa and kind of being part. It's almost like, it's almost like being a, a scab on a, union breaking a union line or something right um but i wanted to act and i had so i had that one and i was getting pressure for it and i had this crazy movie killer clowns and at the end of the day i just had to tell my friend dude i can't go to south africa i can't do that sorry um i wish you all the best but i'm gonna go 
this. It's too this, hot. Look at this crazy, <laughs> this crazy movie. And, uh, and I'm glad I did because, you know, it's, it's, it's the movie that just kind of keeps on giving, you know, everybody from the movie is like a big family. Uh, and literally right before, literally right before I, I, uh, came on the podcast, I looked at my phone and Suzanne was calling me to chat, you know, Suzanne that played Debbie. It was my, my, uh, my girlfriend in the movie is still kind of one of my closest friends. And, uh, so, you know, it's, it's kind of neat. It's this, it's this side part of my life that has be, become this incredibly cool thing, you know, three or four times a year, I usually go do conventions and the autograph signings and the panels. And, um, it's just fun to see that there's so many people that dig this movie after all this time and it keeps on growing and in, in, uh, you know, popularity. So it's a neat thing. I'm glad I didn't go to South Africa and do this, do the little action movie. Yeah. I was telling my wife the other day, it's like 1980 horror. It, 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 it's coming back. It, it, a lot of it's coming back. And, and then they're another trying to do all these remakes. And I'm like, okay, you cannot remake a classic. It, it's, it's impossible. But the new Hellraiser movie was actually pretty damn good. I enjoyed it. Really? I did. Because um, Clyde Barker, the creator of Hellraiser, in his novel, um, the, the Hellbound Heart, Pinhead is a woman in the book. So now the Hellraiser movie that they just did was based off the book. And it was fantastic. Really? Yes. Wow. And, and who, um, who plays, uh, is, 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 is it anybody that we know that plays Hellraiser or just? Uh... Well, it's all, all new cast, all new characters that were not in the original Hellraiser movies. Um, um, Jason Styles, he plays Chatterer. He's the only. I think that's the only one. The one that brought back was the Chatterer. Mm. I also talked to um, Zachary Hing, and he played um, the Asphyx. And they're like said, all new characters, and they followed the book really close. And I was very impressed with it. So, so you read the book? I read some of it. <laughs> I didn't get the chance to finish finish reading it, but I did read some of it. Because I lost the book, I can't find it. I, it just disappeared in my house. So, um, but yes, they followed the book really close, and I was very impressed with the movie. I watched it like eight or nine times already, because I'm I'm trying to catch things that are in the book, like um, the configuration for the box. It, it turns into different puzzle pieces, just like it does in the book. There's eight different configurations. So, and I thought wow. it was, they, I thought it was fantastically done. So. Well, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, I'm happy to check it out. So I was impressed with it, but there's a lot of there has been a lot of a lot of negative feedback about the movie because you know they didn't follow like they Pinhead's a woman now and not a man. And I'm telling these people they're following the book because Pinhead is a female in the book. It's a hell priestess, not a priest. So you know, and look, I mean You've got it, it, if you are going to do going to remake kind of a classic too. I think you have to, you have to kind of you can't try to make the same movie, right? You've got to you've got to try to reinvent it a little bit. Um, I mean, look, you know, the new Black Panther is a woman, so if Black Panther can be a woman. Why not? Why not uh, Pinhead, right? Exactly. It's let's say okay yeah it's got a lot of negative feedback i don't want them i keep on hearing james bond's gonna be a woman i'm like no 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 jane no jane bond 
I don't know how. I don't know how. I don't know how it's gonna work out. I mean, I think, is it gonna be like instead of like Bond women, it's gonna be Bond men now? <laughs> so I don't know. We're turning the tables on us, you know. I don't know. It just sounds. It's, it maybe it may turn out pretty good. We never know. So are you? Are you gonna be? Who's gonna be the Bond boy in this? <laughs> You're a poster child now. All right. <laughs> exactly exactly too funny so i have to know in the movie the clown spaceship was it like that was that like an actual set or was that a backdrop um you mean the interior of the spaceship or uh, which the interior or the exterior well both actually if if it's i'm not sure so the 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 um the the exterior depends, right? I mean, like, it, it, it we were we were we were up in Santa Cruz area, which is which is just south of San Francisco, and you know that really woody kind of area where we're shooting up there. You know, big redwoods and all that kind of stuff for us. So they had a big spot in the in the forest, kind of a clearing that obviously that they, you know, we were looking at when we were looking at the spaceship from a distance and all that kind of thing. And then when we would have to go closer, they would build. You know, like when, when Pooh Bear, you know, gets caught in the thing, they would you know, they'd kind of build the piece that they needed to do it. But obviously they didn't build a massive, uh, they didn't build a massive uh, tent out in the forest. It would have been really difficult to do and there wouldn't really have been a purpose to it. So um, it was kind of a combination of building the practical parts that when you were up close and then more like uh, paintings, matte paintings and things when you were further away. Um, and, uh, then the whole time that we were shooting the movie, we kept on going and visiting where all the, you know, the construction crew, this big warehouse that they were building the, uh, the interior of, of the, uh, thing. And so that just kind of came up while we were shooting and we shot there like, probably the last week or two of the movie. And, um, they just built all of those cool, you know, crazy balloon rooms and things and things to slide down that was all just built out in a great big warehouse it was fantastically done i mean i, I thought i was actually under the impression that it was an actual spaceship <laughs> of course i was a young kid too so the time i first saw this so <laughs> yeah and by the way like the stuff you see i mean this was this was back in these guys were the kyoto brothers are big fans of i don't know if you guys know if you guys if you're if, if you know who Ray, Ray Harry, I can't speak this morning. I'm drinking my coffee. Ray Harryhausen sounds familiar. He's like like the most famous, you know, creature creator from you know, like I think the 1930s to the 50s and all that. I mean, Ray Harryhausen not only created kind of like King Kong and Mighty Joe Young, but he did all of those movies like It's Alive with the you know. So they were huge fans of that and. And that's back, you know, when they used to do lots of beautiful matte paintings. And uh, so that's that's actually a matte painting behind uh, what you see behind me. So these are just like beautiful paintings that were done with all, in all the old movies. And this was such a this was really a kind of a love letter to all of those old alien movies, those Ray Harryhausen movies. You should really go check out Ray Harryhausen if you know who he is, because when it comes to um, you know, creature creation and stop motion. He, he is the, uh, 
he's the goat, you know, he's the, he's the Elvis Presley of it all. You know what I mean? <laughs> he's the one that everybody reveres. And, uh, that's awesome. Um, yeah. So, you know, we'd walk, you know, they'd build practically in there, the corridor and we'd run down and it would open up, but then there would just be a big kind of, I forget if it was green screen or what, but we'd just we'd have to look out and we'd have to trust that when it went, that when we saw the movie, when they did the reverse of what we were looking at, that we would see something like that. And so there was all these beautiful matte paintings that created that the, the large cavernous rooms and all that kind of stuff. I think it would have been a, just a big giant playground for me if I was. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty cool. I mean, we were all like, we were all, you know, we were all like little fan kids when we were making it. You know, every every time we had a, one of those scenes, we couldn't wait to see how they were going to do it and and uh, what they were going to show up with next. And you know, how are we going to do the balloon animals? How are we going to do the popcorn spores? How are we going to do the the guy riding the invisible visible, uh, the invisible motorcycle? <laughs> I'm I'm a huge fun. I'm a huge fan of practical makeup and special effects. Nothing beats it. It's, Me too. There's not all the CGI coming out. I'm like it, it looks it, it looks weird because the last season of The Walking Dead they decided to use CGI for makeup. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> Stop it! <laughs> <laughs> are you a Walking Dead fan? I was. Um, I was a, a while ago. Um. I think after they took um, Andrew Lincoln out of the show, it's when I stopped watching it. So, uh, but I did the, talk to uh, the next I the did... next movie. The movie I'm producing this in the beginning of the year, uh, the early part of the year, not really the beginning, but uh, one of the stars is uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Really? Yeah. Okay, that's awesome. I did. Uh -huh. I did speak to a, a Lou Temple. He was in season three of The Walking Dead, my favorite season. So oh, I got to, I got to interview him a couple weeks ago. So nice. yeah, he's a fantastic guy too. Um, he he's he's been labeled the the chameleon of Hollywood because he can just take on any role given to him. And, awesome, which is true because he went from playing like a badass prisoner in you know, Walking Dead to like some killer dad in a movie that we talked about called Feral. So it's like <laughs> he he's Sweet. he he has a, he has an impressive resume too when it comes to acting. But um, after you. The movie was wrapped up and everything. Did you get the chance to watch yourself in Killer Clowns? <laughs> what was your reaction? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the first time I saw the movie, um, the cut of the movie was um, at the. We won some. We, we had a screening and won some kind of an award. At the, at the, there's a uh, there's a, there's a kind of like the Academy Awards, but it's for for sci-fi and horror. So uh -huh. they had a screening down in downtown LA for, a, I think it was called the uh, Academy of Sci-Fi and Horror or something like that. Um, and uh, actually, yeah, it like a <laughs> what's that? Academy of Science Fiction, Fantasy and Horror Films. That's it. That's it. <laughs> exactly. So that's where I saw it the first time. And then I think on opening night, uh, I drove out to Hollywood Boulevard and uh, watched it, you know, in a real theater with real people. Cause I used to always like to do that, you know, just to see how, what people's reactions were and how people were. Um, and I thought, it was, I thought it was really cool. I mean, I thought it was, I thought it was really fun. Um, you know, it didn't, it, it, the amazing part of it was, is that even though it didn't, it didn't kind of get a big audience out of the gate, 
to make a lot of money, but I don't know if they were really pushing it, thinking it was going to. Um, but it got like insanely good reviews. And, um, you know, sometimes you make a crazy movie and people just say, oh, okay, what is this stupid movie? And sometimes they, they kind of get what you're going for the, the critics and they don't rip it apart. And um, there's, you know, the, the kind of the paper that everybody would pick up, the, you know, the free paper that's out in front of all the stores and everything was called the LA Weekly and LA Weekly gave it the pick of the week. Um, and the LA Times, which is the biggest newspaper came out and said it was in, in, in labeled it the, the funniest movie of the year. And, and, uh, and uh, so it got all of these like really good reviews. So like, it's, it's amazing, you know, usually the critics get it wrong on, on horror and sci-fi, right? But in this one, they, they're the ones that kind of pegged that this was something kind of special and it took fans, took the audience's fan and fans kind of a while to catch up. Yeah, well, I'm a huge fan of the movie. I don't care what the public says. <laughs> the public <laughs> loves it. I mean, I don't know what, the, what the critics say. So, <laughs> so did you ever think um, this movie would be considered a cult classic after all these years? You know, when you, you when you read a movie like this, you kind of suspect that it could become a cult classic because um, because it's just so off the wall. But no, I mean, I think uh, I think that all of us that worked on the movie are still are pretty shocked that here we are. What is it? Forty years later, nearly forty years later, and and we're still talking about killer clowns. I mean, I don't I don't know if any of us could have really <laughs> expected it was going to be that there was going to be that much of a cult classic. But you know, a little bit. We all thought it was kind of crazy and uh, had that potential. Well, I believe this movie has immortalized you. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one of my friends one time he was really uh, he was really depressed, uh, and uh, he's actually the guy. You know, I, I, I produced this movie a year ago called Willie's Wonderland, um, and I, I actually hired him to be my composer on it, and because uh, he loved Killer Clown so much. But one time he was really depressed, and I was kind of trying to cheer him up. And come on, man, you know, you've, you've got so much to, to feel good about. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> he cracks me up. He looks at me, he goes, that's easy for you to say. If I'd ever, if I'd ever done like a life's work, like killer clowns from outer space, uh, I wouldn't have anything to worry about either. And I was, I was okay. really? Pump the hate breaks, bro. Come on now. Actually it was, like, he actually really thought it was that, it was that cool of a thing, but but it is cool it is cool but it's just fun you know what i mean it is it is a great movie and i'm probably gonna watch again as i'm doing this interview because it's fantastic it is it's creepy so the last question i have for you and because it happens to be all the damn time do you ever catch yourself singing the theme song <laughs> sometimes you know from outer space <laughs> sometimes do you Yes, because it's on my Spotify playlist under favorites. So, <laughs> so yeah. that's awesome. Yeah, and sometimes it's catchy, and especially if I've just if the movie's just been on or something, then it'll be playing in my head for a while. I'll be cooking the kitchen. I sound start singing "P.T. Bomb said so long ago." My wife's like, "Shut up!" <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. That's funny. You know, uh, 
I was I was a little bit, bit disappointed at the beginning because I had I actually wrote a, a wrote a, a, a theme song for it, but you know I wasn't you know I was just the actor in the thing I wasn't you know, so um, they liked it, but they uh, they said oh you know we got this great song from the Dickies and the Dickies were kind of a cool band at the time so I understood that they had to go but I was still kind of bummed that they didn't uh, that they didn't use my theme song so I'm hoping that if we ever do get a sequel up and going that uh, I'll be able to repurpose that, that uh, theme song I wrote 30, 40 years ago, 35 years ago hey, for the man. original one. Now, I wish there was a sequel to this movie. I God, I wish there was a sequel because it would be uh, awesome. Maybe we there there will, you know what I mean? Um, you know, we've made a couple attempts at it and stuff and we had the rights for a while and then we, we lost the rights and, now we've got to kind of get them back, but the, from the what the Kyoto's are telling me that um, they've been kind of having some talks about maybe doing something. So there may be something in the works. Whether whether I'm involved in it, I don't know at this point. But uh, it'll be fun to see something happen no matter what. It's like the when they did um, the sequel to Alien. Aliens have you come back as an advisor? <laughs> <laughs> like did Ellen Ripley <laughs> come back as an advisor? Yeah. How do you kill these things? Oh, just call my tobacco. He knows. <laughs> so. Well, yeah, we have a sequel written. I actually wrote the script to it, and uh, my character was kind of there was a couple new young guys in the movie, and you know my care I, I my character was kind of a, a combination of Christopher Lloyd from Back to the Future and. And Chris Christopherson from Blade, you know what I mean? Like, you know, he's he becomes the one that's like he just said, yeah, you gotta shoot the nose, kill the clown, you know. And and uh, you know, kind of teaches the, the the new young people how to, you know, fight back the clown invasion. And uh um, so that was actually kind of if they ever did that script, you know what I mean, and who knows? I'm, but uh that would be what my character would be is kind of the uh He's, he's kind of the clown drunk, the town drunk that everybody thinks is crazy. That's that you know he's been talking about their clowns are going to coming back and the clowns are coming back until until the clowns actually do come back and then he's the one that uh, you know steers everybody in the direction. He's been reverse engineering the clown technology and preparing for him for all these years. <laughs> well, I got to wrap this up. I'm sorry, I got my one minute warning on on this thing. <laughs> I hate Sounds Zoom good. passions, but thank you so much for joining me. I really did appreciate you taking the time out, and I enjoyed this interview. And it was just great talking to you, revisiting this movie. It's been fantastic. Hey Ben, man, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for asking me. Uh, you know, anytime, man. Just let me know, and and uh, I appreciate you having me on. Absolutely, I wish you the best in your career, producing, directing, acting, all that stuff. And I don't know why. You should win more awards <laughs> for this movie. Uh, thank you, brother. <laughs> I appreciate it. Thank you. All right, sir. Take care and have a West Coast sunny. Is it sunny out there right now or is it raining? Because it's raining here in New Jersey and it sucks. <laughs> you know, it's kind of a – oh, you can't see. I forgot I have the background on. Um, kind of an overcasty day. So hopefully the sun will break through. But uh, right now it's looking, it's looking a little gloomy. All right. Take care. Thank you so much. And I will see you. Man. Happy holidays and hope you uh, hope you get out to Seattle soon. Uh, thank you, sir. Have a very good day. I appreciate it. You too.